Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. We're on episode two of the third season. Now, if you guys remember, we're doing Meet the Guinea Pigs, which is a season where we each try new things and document the results and essentially experiment um, on ourselves. And so what Tristan did this past time, if you guys remember, the first episode was me uh, watching movies that Tristan had recommended for me. This time is going to be the opposite, where I recommended music for Tristan to listen to, and I, re- I recommended 14 albums, and hopefully he listened to them and enjoyed them. We're going to find out uh, when he gives his glowing reviews of every single one of them. No glowing negative reviews at all. No negative reviews? None at all. None allowed. Uh, this is a positive zone only. Good all vibes right, I gotta only. delete some shit. Hold on. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, what, um... All I right. guess I'll just... Oh, oh, I was thinking what we could do is... Or what we're gonna do is we're gonna have to run through this quickly because, um... We, he, yeah, you know, there's 14, there's 14 albums. albums here. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and jump right um, into but, it. Yeah, uh, go ahead. So the first, the first one I listened to was Black Holes and Revelations from Muse. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I I knew about Black Holes and Revelations from Guitar Hero Three. Sick. Uh, with Knights of Sidonia or Sidonia, Sidonia. I'm gonna call it Sidonia. Was on Guitar Hero Three, and I thought that song was sick. Yeah. And um, you know, I thought the rest of the album was pretty good. Uh, Knights of Sidonia obviously is like the, uh, is I think the clearly the best track. The first one is okay. It kind of eases you into the album. It's got kind of a low and droning intro, and um, uh, it was a lot longer than I expected, honestly. Because I I very rarely listen to albums all the way through. Mm-hmm. I just like pick out songs that I like and I put them in my Spotify playlists. Yeah. So I, it it took a while. I usually listen to music while I'm uh, playing melee or uh, working out. Uh, just doing uh, other stuff in general. So this was my first try at trying to um, like sit down and really pay attention to the album. Uh, yeah. It was good fun. I definitely noticed that there was a, a theme of... Um, what's the word? A theme of kind of like a revolutionary thought in the album. It seemed to be a lot of uh, fight the power kind of stuff. Yeah, they're always about that. <laughs> Turns out Chris really likes progressive rock. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, right. um I I I was thinking I could kind of give my opinion on like why yeah, yeah, I yeah. picked it. Um so it's it's I wouldn't call it the best Muse album, but um I think it's the second best. The first best is Origin of Symmetry, I think. Um but this one is definitely like an all-around just really solid album because every single song on it I really like. Um it's probably the best introduction to Muse that I could think of. And so, um, that just really good vocals, songwriting. Um, I think every single track is just like really powerful. And it's also like a lot of catchy songs as well as there's like a good variation in song to song. Like you're always hearing something kind of new. Um, so yeah. 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 All right, going to jump right to the next one because we have 13 more to get through. Seeds yeah. from a Memory, uh, which was actually the second part of an album from Dream Theater. Uh, I, I actually looked into this because this, this album was really interesting. 
Because uh, yeah. the way it was set up, it was a concept album, which is a term that I learned from a YouTube video specifically about this. Mm. Uh, and it definitely had a very, it had a very coherent narrative. Yeah. And um, I, <laughs> I'm not a music guy. I don't pretend to be able to analyze uh, this sort of thing very well. But as far as I could tell, there was a guy and he was dead or dying and he was like reflecting on his life or maybe he was being reincarnated something like that and he was remembering stuff from his past and that you can actually look through uh the song titles they're uh titled this to give you like the structure of how the narrative goes there's like the act one songs the act two songs the act three songs scene one scene two scene three songs yeah. and uh it's pretty fun to listen to uh I don't have a big history with concept albums. The first time I ever learned about one was in middle school, because um, I listened to American Idiot from Green Day, and I was we were going on a road trip, I think, to Hilton Head, mm-hmm. and I decided to listen to the album all the way through, and I realized, wait a minute, these songs... I, I kind of thought of albums at the time as this, the band would just write songs and then just put them into an album. Just slap them all together. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, this whole American Idiot thing, there's something there's something going on here. <laughs> there's like I figured I was like, oh, there's actually characters like Jesus of Suburbia is actually a guy in this story that they're trying to tell. And mm-hmm. in scenes from a memory, the main character whose name I think is Nicholas or Nick or something. Yeah. Uh, it's that he's he's they're actually telling a story. They're more than just playing music. They're using that music as a vehicle to like push a narrative forward. Right. All right, Chris, if you want to tell me how wrong I am. No, no, no. That was good. Um, I, I I picked this um, partly because of the concept album thing. I thought you would find that interesting because I know you're like a big like story person due to you know your interest in movies, obviously. And yeah. so I think this one, um, w- I think this album is just a really good introduction to the whole genre of like progressive rock and metal. Um, just in that it's like. It's more technical, it's more complicated. There's a lot of like keyboarding and solos and guitar, you know, guitar solos and stuff like that. Some wacky time signatures. Um, one song um, called The Dance of Eternity, you might have noticed this, but basically the song gives every single member of the band their own solo, except for James LeBry, who is the singer, who doesn't, it's just an instr- instrumental track. And they just like go through and they all get like these really awesome technical solos and they just get to dick around and do whatever they want. And James and is just booling. Yeah, he's just chilling on stage with his microphone. Um, he's vibing. Yeah, he's just fine. They even gave the bassist a solo. Like what band does that? So yeah, I just, I just think it's a really good, it's just some wonderful musicianship. Yeah. Next. All right. Uh, Portal of I. Yeah. From Neobliviscaris? Ne Close, yeah. I think it's Chris, I think it's Neobliviscaris. I think that's Ne Obliviscaris, okay. Yeah. Portal of I. Uh Portal of I I thought um so it, it was three albums that I didn't particularly like that much. It was Purple, Crack the Sky, and Portal of I. I reckon Chris is gonna be pretty upset about this. Yeah, but I But to me I, I could find the differences but it just wasn't really my thing. Uh, Portal of Eyes seemed to definitely use like way, way more quiet moments than either Purple or Crack the Sky, which I did like. And yeah. uh, a, a lot of the, the beginning songs, uh, they began very simile, similarly. There's a mm-hmm. long uh, drum. I don't know what you call it. I, call, I thought of it like a drum run where it was, or a drum roll. 
there's a long drum roll into the guitar. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like the symmetry. But um, Portal of Eye, uh, couldn't really think of anything very standout about it. Dang. That hurts. Um, is that like is that the one that you really like? This is like yeah. This I mean a lot of these albums. I love all of these albums, but like this one, I was very curious as to what you were going to say because I know it's it's like it, it's not something that everyone will want to listen to because there's a lot of harsh vocals. It's also I thought of this later after I recommended it to you. I started thinking about it. I was like, this album can be like a drag to get through just because every song is so long. Every song is like. Um, goes through a lot of you know it's it's black metal so what it is is like you get the um blast beats going on the drums and they're all everything's going really fast the guitars are droning you know there's a violin which is dope um there are two singers um one of them is the harsh vocalist it's fun to watch these guys on stage one of them is the harsh vocalist and he's like dressed in all black he's like really um i would say emo looking i know that's a derogative term but uh and then there's the other guy who looks like jesus and like dances around on stage and sings the clean vocals and so i this is what happens when classically trained musicians get together and play black metal and i think it's just one of the best like the vocals are just beautiful it gives me the chills every time i could go on about this album forever but um i'm sorry you didn't like it i can understand why though i didn't Um, dislike it i'd say yeah, I, I don't think it's my thing, because yeah. my taste of music is pretty divorced from, like, black metal. Yeah, And from that's a, a decent <laughs> amount of prog rock. Yeah. All right, All right. next. All right, going to keep moving on. Crack the Sky. Uh, yeah. Of the three that I mentioned, this one was my favorite by far. I thought mm-hmm. the, the track, Crack the Sky, was, like, really, really fun to listen to. Yeah. And uh, I kind of... I kind of fell. I kind of fell into it at this point. I think uh, between Purple, Crack the Sky, and Portal of Eye, I think this is the one I listened to last, and I started mm-hmm. to get into a little bit more. Where like uh, I was never, I never like listened to a lot of really heavy metal music or really yeah. heavy rock music. But mm-hmm. at this point, I was starting to catch on to it. I was starting to feel the energy of it, and Crack the Sky I thought was a lot of fun. There's way more emphasis on the lyrics, and it was a very very patterned lyrical progression. Yeah. which is something else that I stole from a YouTube video. <laughs> but, uh, that's, I, I, I was trying to figure out because uh, it's I, I, I knew what they were talking about, but I didn't know how to say it in my own words. And they have a very patterned lyrical progression. It's it's yeah. a shorter album, which I did like over Portal of Eye, and, mm-hmm. uh, but it has like two really long songs. Yeah. And um, I don't mind that. Uh, I think that, you know, if a song is good, it's good regardless of how long it is. Right. Although... Um, usually I do start to lose focus. Okay. Um, this Crack the Sky is my favorite Mastodon album. Um, I think it's, it's just, I just think it's their best because this is when they actually, most of the time Mastodon is just like, I would just call them a heavy metal band. That's all they are. It's just that they're playing like, um... I don't know. That 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 sounds bad. But basically what they are is they're they're just guys who play heavy metal. But this album is when they went they I feel like they cranked it up to the next level. They took a little bit of progressive rock and they had that in there. They had some guitar solos. They used the organ. Oh, I think it's the last Baron or is it the Czar? I think it's the Czar. Um, it's one the Czar, of the yeah. yeah, one of the songs that you mentioned. Um that one just has some like the organ is so good. And I the the thing 
about this album is just like I I understand what you mean when you say that you can't explain exactly what it's about because it is like there are so many concepts that they've gone through. I watched the documentary about them making the album. Basically, this is when they start to talk about life and death because it's actually about the drummer's sister. The reason it's spelled S-K-Y-E is because the drummer's sister's name was Sky and she passed away at a very early age. Oh, and wow. so yeah, so it's really it's really uh, kind of a mournful album, but it sounded angry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I guess we all mourn in our own way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, go ahead, move on to the next one. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> purple, purple, I believe was my least favorite. Mm. Um, it was definitely uh, heavier than the last few albums. Uh, yeah. A lot of long, low notes and a lot of really long drum rolls. Uh, at the end, there was a 17-second song, which I thought was pretty funny. And it was, <laughs> it was actually, what I noticed was a lot more emphasis on the drums. I'm not much of a, of a musician. I yeah. just barely play the piano. And it's to me, it's, it's, a, it's pretty new when I can actually like recognize something in a song musically. And I thought that uh, I really did like the drum work. I really yeah. like it... Uh, between the three albums that those those three albums that we mentioned, um, I really like it when they add something new to the mix, like Chris was talking about with the organ that was cool and yeah. the violin that was cool and mm-hmm. purple. The, the the drum isn't anything new, but I if I felt like it used it in a pretty unique way, which I liked a lot. Okay, so purple is definitely one of my top ten albums of all time. Um, it's technically stoner rock, but I put it here because it has a special place in my heart because I've listened to this album so so many times but um and my roommate from college knows that well sorry sorry Daniel because he had to listen to it constantly but um it's I think this is when this album is a good kind of lo-fi metal album because this is when their production started getting really muddy which I I think would be a little off-putting to some people who aren't like used to that yet or don't really uh go into that much um, but I, I think, yeah, and to, for, for heavy albums, I can see why this might not be your thing. Uh, but I just love, I just love the melodies. I love the, the choruses. I think they're powerful and I think, yeah. And the drums are amazing. Um, yeah, we'll go on, go ahead to the next one. Cause I could talk about that one for ages. All right. And now we're going to get a little bit more into the mainstream stuff. Viva la vida. Yeah. Uh, from Coldplay. Uh, the first, my first interaction with Coldplay was one I watched. I believe it was a Chris Rock stand-up comedy special, and he talked about how much pe- white people love Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's he's not wrong. This album, I I I uh, like. Everybody's heard the song "Viva La Vida." Yeah. I I really like the song "Viva La Vida," and I listened to the album, and I um. Uh, what was? It was a uh, right, right, right. I think that I thought Viva La Vida was going to be like the standout track from the album, but I thought Death and All His Friends was my favorite track actually. Yes. That one yes. was it was it was so like it it obviously like the 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 overall themes of the album are like yeah. war and death, which kind of juxtaposes the album that I'll go into next. How it kind of takes a more somber approach to death where you can actually think of like Viva La Vida in the chorus, uh you know, they're talking about I used to I used to rule I used to rule the, I used to do something, but that was when I ruled the world and stuff like that. They kind of talk about uh, not just the the idea of war, but 
but also like the fallout and the after effects of it which right. i thought was pretty cool uh yep. instrumentally and stuff it was really varied uh in a more but in a in a more subtle way mm-hmm. um it wasn't as wild as like throwing in organs and violins and stuff but it was a lot of fun to listen to like coldplay uh kind of express that it was really really clean i felt mm-hmm. like i don't know what what I don't know how to describe this, but for some of the albums, I just felt like they had really good equipment when they recorded it. Like, they just had really good microphones. Yeah. I think that showed through in this album. Yeah. Yeah, this one's this one's good because it's, like you were saying, um, they, they did experiment a lot with... This is when I think they started getting kind of into, into electronic music. Like, you have the, the track... Um, what's that one? They have a, a few, like, versions of this, like, theme. Pl- Life in Technicolor. It's that one. It's like the little synth intro that kind of just like fades in, um, and they're they're mixing that with like orchestral, you know, violins and strings and you know, really fun, vibrant things like that. And I have a whole video on the uh, More Meditations channel that you guys need to go check out because I made it all. It's a good just video. About I this. it. Thank you. It's all just about this album. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Is that video? So go watch that. It was a lot of fun. I thought that Coldplay was just like a a band that white people liked, but now I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next one. This is the juxtaposition I was talking about. This is War from 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. Uh, they're both very conflict-focused, but they take it in different approaches. This yeah. is War. Uh, it has, Why? It, has a, it is a grandiose perception of justice, where uh, I call it the... Um, I, I relate it to the archetype of, like, the knight in shining armor. How this is war is about, like, you know, just justification of conflict. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. So we're gonna... You know, we're gonna fight for what's right, stuff like that. Whereas, like, Viva La Vida was, like... Uh, kind of had the vibe of, like, you know, war... Sometimes you gotta do it, but it really... But it also really blows sometimes. And, like, uh, Muse, actually... Uh, Black Holes and Revelations, how in Knights of Sidonia, they're, why their whole thing was, well, no one's gonna take me alive. I, you know, we'll, we'll fight <laughs> yeah. our way out of this. And this is, this is war was very gung-ho about, we're gonna fight for what's right, and we're gonna do this. Especially the title song, This Is War. Uh, that's actually a banger. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're the ones who are engaging, they're being proactive about it. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Viva La Vida is more somber and reminiscing about it. And, uh, Black Holes and Revelations, uh, with relation to conflict, was more reactive, uh, trying to keep themselves, uh, trying to keep themselves free, and uh, this is more trying to force freedom upon themselves. If that makes sense. Nice. I hope I didn't just make myself look like an absolute dickhead. No, that 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 was really good. But um, I think the okay. the best word you used here was banger, because that's <laughs> that's what this album has always had to offer for me because I. I would call it a pop album. Um, it's kind of like it's it, it has some rock elements to it. But this is when like because Thirty Seconds to Mars was always this like sort of angsty band. You know they made The Kill. Everyone liked that one. Um, but it was more like you know they were wearing eyeliner and they you know they were like <laughs> oh we're we're sad boys. But this one was like this is a more of a pop album. It's like. They, the they sad got boys all started their... railing tests and hitting the <laughs> yeah. gym. And they ready were just to like, go. let's go fight. And <laughs> it's a very, like, simple album. There's not really much to look into, but I think that's what's fun about it is you can just 
put this album on. It's not like Portal of Eye where you like sit down and you're immersed in this like full experience and you go through every song as a journey. With this one, it's like, I like this song. I like Closer to the Edge. You know, I like Vox Populi because that's just a fun. Oh like, yeah, Vox to- Populi. That yeah. was the one that really sold it for me because yeah. Vox Populi it used uh, the sounds of like uh, what's it called, an opera and boots marching. It kind of brings you into like a feeling of like unity, almost yeah. like you're you're actually like you're you're part of a group or a platoon or something. You have a feeling of unity. You're yeah. not you're not just fighting like for what's right and everything. You're fighting for. Uh, the people who are around you they right that's that was the other thing that I forgot to mention it gives you this really really cool feeling of like being together with people being a collective and working together to do the right thing which I thought yeah. was very I'm, fun I'm glad you picked up on that because actually that is um, that during this whole album they were coming off of this uh, legal settlement that they were going through with the record label at the time and they've made a whole documentary about that that you you guys can go watch if you want to on YouTube. Um, but basically, I also may, have made a video about this album. If you guys want to see that, I go into detail about this one on the More Meditations channel. But um, so they actually got all of their fans into this giant room to record this. So this is like all of 30 Seconds to Mars fans. That's when you hear dope. the, yeah, the stomping and the clapping and they're singing. And it's yeah. like, it's like. It really Hell is like yeah. a unifying experience. Let's so. go 30 seconds to Mars. That's yeah. sick. Pretty cool, right? All right. Uh, the next one, Voltari. Voltari was a huge, uh, was really, really out of left field. It's a very <laughs> relaxing album. Yeah. It's very, it's very slow. It's very quiet. And I really loved it. I actually, mm. I went through and I looked up all the translations. There's a lot of references to breathing and starting over. Which, mm-hmm. in most, like, archetypical literature and narratives, breathing is a reference to, like, being alive and the ability to move on. And, you know, death can uh, be expressed in such a way that you're starting over, like you're moving on to the next life, stuff like that. So, yeah. to me, this album was a lot about, like, uh, coming down off something. Because it really felt like I was coming down off something. Because I, I had just finished listening to This Is War. Yeah. And I listened to this one right <laughs> afterwards. Because I did, I did two albums a day. And yeah. uh, so I, I finished listening to This Is War, and, you know, I'm going off, like, I'm running, I was running while I'm listening to it, then I listened to Voltari, felt like I was nice and coming down, like, I started looking up the, out. I looked up the lyrics, I saw, oh, it's a lot about uh, breathing, which I thought, uh, I related that to, you know, if you have the ability to breathe, you have the ability to, like, move on and start over and stuff, so to me, this album, I, what I got from it was, like, it was uh, about, like, be, the ability to move on, starting over, uh, yeah keep on keeping on stuff like that just keep breathing keep swimming yeah yeah um i'm impressed you did your research for this um i the thing i i have nothing to say about this album except that it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever listened to like beautiful is the word that's it that's where i'm gonna end it yeah i felt like i was really listening to something special yeah i was like it it felt like um i i don't want to say this because i don't want to cut the other album short but it really felt like a piece of art. And the mm-hmm. other albums did too, but for like Purple Crack, The Sky, and Portal of Eye, it felt like a piece of art that I didn't get. I, I, I reckon that if I went back through and listened to those albums again, I could pick yeah. up more and get more out of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I, I felt like there was, it was just on a level that I wasn't understanding or something. But with Voltari, it felt like I didn't, I, I looked up the translations for the lyrics, but I felt like I didn't need to. I yeah, kind of got the exactly. vibe. 
Yeah, uh, it's an experience. Bot. Yeah. All nice. right. Baltar. And uh, Aja. Aja was a lot of fun. Mm. It's It sounds super funky. Uh, yeah. I... I I associate anything that sounds remotely like a saxophone with jazz music. I took one <laughs> jazz music class my junior year of college, and that's that's all I associate with. It actually, it I like Stevie Wonder a lot, and Aja reminds me of Stevie Wonder. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really it's really bright. It sounds happy. It's upbeat. It sounds like something like uh, if you're in a bar that has a grill in it. It sounds like something you would hear in that bar. You know, you 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 and your friends you go to you go to the bar. You get a couple burgers, a big plate of fries for the table and some pbrs and you're listening yeah. to aja over the stereo and you're talking about you're talking about you know whatever it is you talk about it now uh yeah. at, a, at a bar you know you see bro my yoshi is amazing <laughs> <laughs> um so this one gosh this is this is just a, a really good all-around album. I feel sorry for everyone who has had to ever work with these two guys, however, <laughs> because they are the most anal dudes you will ever come across in terms really? of the way they want things to sound. Every single song on this album was so carefully crafted and carefully produced and recorded. They drove people to insanity. So it's like, it's two guys and what they do is they hire studio musicians to do the rest, like the drumming and the guitar work, some of the yeah, yeah. Uh, guitar solos, stuff like that. Um, and they they just like beat them to death until <laughs> they go insane because they, they have this thing in mind. Artists are very particular about the way they th- want things to sound or yeah. look. And these guys are no exception because they wouldn't settle for anything less than exactly what they want. There's a whole documentary about this as well uh, on YouTube, and yeah, it's um, and it's it's this is the album that people everyone uses to test speakers just because of the way it's been um, so carefully produced and recorded. Um, it just sounds good on every single speaker you could ever listen to, and it's so much fun to just try it on different things. And be like, wow, I never heard that before because there's so many hidden things that you'll never notice, like a little triangle over on the right side. And you'll be like, whoa, that I did I don't remember that last time. And so yeah. It's a great album. I, I really respect that, honestly. I Me respect too. an artist that's like willing to just put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um I wouldn't fucking work for him. But No, me <laughs> <laughs> You know, do do what you gotta do. I I am not anything like an artist, but I, you know, what what I think of uh, programming is my art, yeah. and when I do like group projects or I do or I, when I do group projects, I tend to take um, uh, I tend to take a leadership position, which I hate, and I tend to do most of the work, which I complain about constantly. Yeah. But I almost have to do that because right. if the code isn't the if the code doesn't work the way I want it to work. If it doesn't mm-hmm. look the way I want it to look, if the documentation isn't right, I will lose my mind. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's, this has happened before where I've worked with people and we have gotten heated over like, no, you can't do it like this, it has to be like this and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're adults, we can work it out, but yeah. I do, I, I understand like you want things to be the way that you want them to be and you right. have a, assumedly, you have a reason for that. Yeah. You know, I... I stick pretty rigidly to coding conventions that everything is very readable. It's mm-hmm. all it, it all looks very nice. It's easy to digest. All the comments and documentation is there. It all makes sense. I, there's there's a method to this madness. 
Yeah. All right, next one. Light. Light. <laughs> I don't okay. know how to pronounce it either, so. We're, we're just going to call it light. Um, yeah. All right, so this album is designed to subvert expectations, is the smartest way I could put it. It's hmm. a little weird. Um, it's pretty out there. I did enjoy it. I'd give it like 6 or 7 out of 10. Um, I, don't, I didn't have much to say about it. It's another one of those things where I felt like I didn't get it. Uh, the one thing that I did notice, there's a lot of lighter sounds, and I felt like there's a lot of string plucking. I don't yeah. know if it was a violin or a viola, but yeah. in a lot of songs, there there was a lot of uh, plucking of the string, which, which I thought was pretty cool, because it kind of gave you the feeling of like, um, I don't know how to describe this, but it's almost like a feeling of instability. Like someone mm. is just, just on the verge of like deciding to... Um, Deciding to throw caution to the wind and, and like really tell somebody off or something. Huh. Okay, um, that's surprising because what I was gonna say about this album is that every person I ever show it to like loves this album, and I always use it as my my go-to for like if I want to recommend an album for someone and I don't even know anything about their musical taste, I just throw this one at them because they've probably never heard it before and they're probably gonna really like it. And I think the reason for that is that like the 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 melodies are so strong in that it feels like everything comes together really well. The production's really good. As Tristan mentioned, there's a lot of textural elements where they do a lot of plucking, they do a lot of scraping. Um, another really fun one to listen to on really good speakers because you get this whole, you can just get this sense of like imagery and um, being surrounded by all these like cascading textures and things like that. Um, maybe I need to get some speakers that aren't terrible. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the trick here. <laughs> but it's also just like you know I love violins. I always love violins. Um, Kishibashi is just like a great artist in general. He every album brings something new, and I think this is just a beautiful one to listen to. I love the Ballad of Mister Steak because it's just such a catchy song and it's about like. You know, it's about steak, and I, <laughs> I just like it because it he. I fuck with steak. Yeah, he's like a very quirky, um, kind of dude, but he also is just really good at making things sound beautiful. So, yeah. All right, next one: the age of ads. Yeah. Um, when I when I read the title, I thought this is going to be about anti-consumerism, and uh, I, I realized it's about a little more than that. I remember last podcast I recommended. Chris the film Her because I thought it yeah. would be something he would like and because Chris uh, and I talk about this pretty often how uh, like modern technology and societal conventions uh, influence like interpersonal interactions yeah. and um, when we talk about the movie Her and he, a guy falls in love with an AI because he can't really relate to the people around him Right. and in the age of ads um, I felt uh, some similar uh, I felt like some similar vibes uh, it, it's kind of like in the way that like social media interaction can be detrimental to people's well uh, mental well-being I remember mm -hmm. uh, can't remember the title of this song there's a song that uh, kind of stood out to me um, let me just look that up real quick bad communication is what I was talking about bad mm -hmm. communication was really good uh and it, it was a little more than i expected which is not surprising really uh i thought it was i liked it um yeah. 
Impossible Soul was like 25 minutes long, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, this one, yeah. So I threw this one in. I'm not a big Sufjan Stevens fan. I like him, but it's like, um, I don't know. I threw this in because I thought it was, it's a very quirky album. Uh, it's very electronic, but it doesn't sound, when you, when you hear the, the term electronic, what you think of is not what this sounds like. Because it, it sounds, it's the most natural sounding electronic music I've ever heard. And I, that's a weird thing to say. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just the, the, um, the intense ways that, um, Sefian composes things. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have a normal brain at all. Like, nothing he thinks of may, it's not like Kishibashi where every song is like this very, um, you know, they're beautiful, but they're, their song structures and like their structure there with with Sufjan I almost feel like he's like there is no structure like he has no rules for himself and he just goes and like noises happen but it's all pretty and um I I just kind of threw this in just to see what Tristan would think because this is something very different it's not like it's you know I didn't want Tristan to have to listen to like 14 progressive metal albums I mean I do but I, <laughs> I just I wanted to break up the monotony with some of these and just see like what he would think about um, some more indie-ish kind of music. But yeah, that was just an experiment to see what you would think. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of indie. My, my music tastes are pretty basic. Uh, I, I like Kanye West, Rainbow yeah. Kitten Surprise, <laughs> ACDC. You're a boom boy. Yeah. I, I, um, I really, liked, I really like uh, classic rock growing up. My dad listened to a lot of classic rock. And his pickup truck, I've still got it. It's he has a, a cassette of when he saw Pink Floyd live in concert uh, when he first came to the United States in the seventies. And uh, he, whenever he would take me somewhere, we'd listen to like classic rock. We'd listen to Pink Floyd, Judas Priest, um, Def Leppard, <laughs> and he always got he, he was always pretty upset because I really didn't like Def Leppard. I love ACDC. I don't like Def Leppard. Um, I like, as far as uh, progressive rock goes, I like Closure in Moscow. Chris yeah. showed me the album Pink Lemonade, and it's one of my top five favorite all-time albums. Yes. Uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. If you haven't heard of them, they have a really weird-sounding name. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Uh, I don't know what the deal is with that, if it's just like to draw attention, but I really like them. Their album Seven Plus Mary is really good. Uh, College Dropout from Kanye West is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, and Be Love, Not Fear from Culla is one... Uh, album in high school that I really liked. That's yeah. one I haven't listened to. I'll have to try that one out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, last last album, I saved this album for last, even though I didn't listen to it last, because it was by far my favorite album, The Raven That Refused to Sing by Stephen Wilson. This album was great. It's it's yeah. only like six songs long, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wish it was longer. Uh, the first track, uh, Luminol, that, uh, that just... <laughs> As soon as I heard like the intro to Luminol, I was immediately into it. Yeah, it has... it's like that. Yeah, like yeah, and then it just it, gets right into it, and the bass is going crazy. It's, it's so much fun. It had a kind of a, a noir style vibe. I can imagine like a a nineteen like a what is it an L.A. noir kind of deal where like a, an old timey early nineteen hundreds detective is moving through L.A. trying to bust somebody. I yeah. can imagine him doing that to to this album. Uh, this album was fantastic. I don't know shit about music, but holy moly! If you if you have 
If you listen to anything I said and think you might have a similar taste, I cannot recommend this album enough. Chris, thank you for showing this to me. This yeah. is the one that really got me. I yeah. thought that Viva La Vida would be my favorite because it was just music that I know. But this uh -huh. was entirely new. It was a whole new genre for me, mostly. Uh, I kind of got progressive rock vibes, but it was definitely not what I was used to. I, I really love this album. Yeah. This is good. Because this is, um in terms of like musicianship, and it's just... Steven Wilson is... So he, he had a band called Porcupine Tree. You could probably try that band out as well and see what you think. Um, but the his solo project I think is better. It's like a it's this is a very somber album that somehow as also manages to be exciting in a lot of ways. You should go watch the music videos too, because those Ooh, are really good. They're like they're animated and they're just really depressing. But they're <laughs> I actually have I have a lot a lot I can say about music videos. And I will, at some point in the future. Nice. Uh, because I actually really, really love music videos. I think yeah. that, you know, it's it's like a hop, skip, and a, it's like a hop and a skip away from a movie. Right. I just, I really like film in general. I think music videos are uh, kind of a an underappreciated um, meta towards film and stuff. I really like music videos. All the single ladies is probably one of the best that's ever done it. <laughs> Move, move on, Chris. Move on. But um, I, I what I was gonna say is, <laughs> so there the song "The Watchmaker" is my favorite. Um, it's just like this. Uh, when the organ hits, like that halfway through, hit, yeah, it it hits something different, and the drums are going, the hi hats are going, and then they just because it's this really like sad song, and it's been this acoustic guitar, and just Stephen is just singing over it, and then it just goes. It just goes boom, and then it all just happens. But, like, Steven's really good. He's another one of those, like, uh, Steely Dan who, like, brings in studio musicians. I think he has Guthrie Govan on guitar. He has um, Marco... I can't remember his last name. It's, like, Miniman or something like that on the um, drums, I think. I'm probably getting all of this wrong. But they're all just, like, really good musicians that he got together and was like, hey, let's make this really, really good album. Um, yes! Yeah. Soprano I, saxophone. I really, I really it's, it's like great. this. When I was, I was running when I was listening to it, and I destroyed my two mile time by like a minute <laughs> and a half. I was so hyped on this album. Wow, that's that's different. Cause like I thought you would like it. I didn't think you would like it this much though. So that's that's interesting. I, it's it's so good. <laughs> so I have... my music, my music taste I think is extremely inconsistent. I just <laughs> I just like stuff that I like. I actually I have um I have nine uh playlists on my Spotify that I listen to. Right. And I, I I do them by the D and D alignment. Yeah. So I have my true neutral uh playlist, which is just any song that I like goes in there. And mm -hmm. I have like a, a chaotic good. I name that playlist Pink Lemonade because that's what I model it after. It's like bright, happy songs that have like a fast and changing beat. Then I have uh Dagoff Dev, which I modeled from a which I named after a video game character, which is my lawful evil. Where it's like it's kind of like lower, angrier sounding songs that have a very strict uh, timing, very strict lyrical progression. Mm -hmm. Stuff like um, hold on, let me find it. Stuff like uh, "Often" or "The Hills" by The Weeknd, Clint Eastwood, Goblin, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, my my music taste is extremely, extremely inconsistent. <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah. Um, I thought because there, I think there are two albums you're missing here, aren't there? Um, uh, are there? Yeah, I think I got through all of them. 
Well, you didn't talk about maps of non-existent places by Thank You Scientist. Oh, right. Okay, maps of non-existent places. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one was... Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, this this is when I started to like really uh, get into progressive rock. This is one of the yeah. the later ones that I uh, listened to. Okay. Well, I just I just called all of them progressive rock because I don't know music genres. I mean, is it, it, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's progressive rock. Um, I really liked uh, Closure in Moscow. Uh, Pink Lemonade from Closure in Moscow is progressive rock, and this mm-hmm. um, it took what I liked from Pink Lemonade. And it kind of, well, it took like the the fundamentals that I like from Pink Lemonade. How it kind of had like uh, uh, high energy, a mm-hmm. good vibe to it, and kind of like uh, yeah. an overarching narrative. And it, it's it sounds com- it sounds very different, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it it took what I liked from Pink Lemonade and it just put it into a different album. Um, yeah. I thought that the last, I thought the the second to last song, excuse me, was really good. Um, it was a it wasn't the the longest album wasn't the shortest i thought it was pretty good i don't have much to say about it okay um yeah i i like this one a lot this is another one that i had on repeat for a very long time just because it the replayability of it is so good you know it's like the songs are short enough that you can just listen to them it's very catchy yeah it's that that's exactly the word i was going to use because this this is a very every most of the songs are very catchy but they're also very technical they use a lot of um instrumentation that you don't normally hear in rock music which is what i love about you know progressive rock in general um in that uh, and i saw them live actually i saw them they opened for a band i like called periphery which is a more like a lot more heavy than this don't 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 get chris started on periphery I, i love me some periphery um but so they opened for them, and I had the feeling that a lot of people in the crowd didn't really know what was going to happen. And I was a big fan of Maps of Non-Existent Places, and I had like listened to it ad nauseum. And so I knew what was coming. I was like, this is going to be great. And live, they just killed it. And the crowd was just, you know, popping off. Like, the energy was so high going in. It was. I, it would have been really hard to have been, like, you know, nothing more, I think, was next after them. And then Periphery, like, following up Thank You, Scientist is just crazy because they got the, you know, their trumpets and saxophones and things. And they're all just dancing and playing rock music, but it's also, like, a band, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun album. But, yeah, I, I was wrong. That was the last album. So, yeah. The war okay. Done. That was fun. All right. Yeah, that was good. I actually, I like I said, I never listened to albums all the way through before, except yeah. for some very rare occasions. I want to start doing that a little more because mm-hmm. I th- there's something here that I'm not getting, but I I want to like figure it out. And I think the only way to do that is to actually like take it a little more seriously. Actually, like listen to the song, not just listen <laughs> to the songs while I'm playing Nuclear Throne or something. <laughs> it is uh, most people do not listen to albums in that way. Like they listen to them all the way through, but they don't uh, it's hard to explain. They listen to the songs, they don't listen to the album. I think it is something good to practice. That's like, that's that's literally exactly what I do. I yeah. pick out songs that I like and I throw them in a playlist somewhere. There's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that cuz I've I've been guilty of that myself. Not that it's like something to feel guilty about, it's about but it's like guilty of it. <laughs> it's it's. Um, you better it's not let the music people... police catch you listening to anything less than a full album. It's something most people e- do e- on an EP. You're walking on thin fucking ice because because think about it like um, most modern um, 
Mainstream music is made for song playability in that, you know, you want people to listen. Like, for example, you don't go through a DaBaby album and you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, I can't wait to experience this album as a whole. You know, you don't think of it that way. You're just like, this song's a bop. This one was okay. I love this one. This one's a banger. You don't think of it that way. And I think that's why different music genres are always good to go through because they each take a different approach to the whole yeah, album. You, you go right? where you want. Good. Play if you want. Let's do it. I'm a young CEO. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyways, we've talked enough. Uh, that was a good podcast, I think. Uh, yeah, thank you, Tristan, fun. for taking the time to listen to all those. That was Yeah, uh, it was a good time. You should yeah. send me more sometime. I'll send you more movies. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Wait, wait, and, wait until I get you into some real shit movies. <laughs> and you, we, you, you either come away with a new perspective on life or just outright depressed. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time for right, Thank you very much three. for watching. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.